You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Adrian Burnett, we certainly look forward to seeing your Bastrop Rams. We'll see you Saturday versus Wasman. Then, of course, in the Bayou Jam next Friday night versus Sterlington as the Rams try to rule 165. Thanks, bud. Hey, appreciate you, man. Good stuff. Adrian Burnett, Bastrop's head coach. That was really good stuff. Uh, uh, first of all, I can't imagine being there coaching Leonard Fournette. Uh, and you're the offensive coordinator, so do you just run him into the ground? <sighs> That, that would have been tough, man. <laughs> tough not to do that, right? Because you want to win, but you also want to protect this future. Yeah. But uh, also really good stuff about the 165. The, the reason why I love that so much is because, yeah, I think it adds a lot of drama to it. But also, they're going to get to back it up, man. They're going to get to play those teams on 165 and get to back up those words. Coming up next, Gus Cattengill joins us. We'll talk a little uh, Saints football at 830. The executive director of the LHSA, Eddie Bonine, joins us. And then at 8.45, we wrap up the show in style. Fox Sports' Tim Brando joins us on The Morning Drive. We're back after this. I'm Ari Wolf with the NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Bears' eighth overall pick, Roquan Smith, ended his holdout on Monday. Smith agreeing to his rookie deal after missing all of Chicago's training camp. According to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, the deal is worth $18.4 million and includes $11.5 million guaranteed. Rappaport also reporting that Raiders offensive tackle Donald Penn has agreed to terms on a small pay cut. Penn is coming off surgery on his foot in December and remains on the pup list. He is yet to practice with Oakland in camp. Rookie running back Saquon Barkley suffered a mild leg strain during practice. Giants head coach Pat Shermer telling reporters the team plans to be smart with him as they move forward. Meanwhile, the 49ers are signing Alfred Morris to the team pending his physical. Heading into his seventh season, Morris will be reunited with head coach Kyle Shanahan, who spent two years in D.C. while Morris was playing for Washington. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Granger stands for safety, and they know what safety stands for. S, safety. A, all about safety. F, feeling good about safety. E, extreme safety. T, talking about safety. Y, you guessed it, safety. First aid kits, eye wash stations, fire protection, you name it. For over 90 years, they've been helping to keep facilities safe and people safer. When it comes to safety, Granger's got your B-A-C-K. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Email phishing attacks cost businesses billions annually in real cash, data loss, and brand damage. Phishing emails are hard to detect because the messages appear to be legitimate to unsuspecting employees. Introducing Barracuda Fish Line, a groundbreaking cloud-based solution designed to help employees recognize sophisticated email phishing attacks through interactive training reinforced by continuous simulation. Transform your employees from a liability into a line of defense. Go to barracuda.com slash... It's 8 o'clock at KNBB Dubak Rustin Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on this lovely Tuesday morning. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston and then joining us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline like he does every Tuesday morning around 8 o'clock or so. Gus Cattengill from ESPN New Orleans. Gus, what's up this morning? Morning, man. How you doing? 
Uh, really well. Uh, it's football season. We're fired up. We want to talk a little Saints with you. One preseason game in the books. I know there are a lot of takeaways for you. You want to start positive or negative? Uh, I guess negative because I think there's probably more positive, to be honest with you, out of it. And the only negative, really, that um, that I think that you know was glaring, which was funny, because um, Aaron, what was it, six oh one, six oh two? Everyone's excited, right? Round kickoff, six oh five, six oh seven, oh no. You know, I got called Bubbles the Monkey. You know, Michael Jackson chimpanzee for my good friend Ty Graffanini, because apparently, per him, a chimpanzee could do our job. Because what have we been watching? Where is this vaunted '85 Bears defense? Um, you know, they can't stop the, the the air. It's just it's just everything. I mean, everyone was getting called out. Saints fans were in pure pure panic mode. 135 yards and two drives and 10 first downs and. You know, I get it, and then you remind them, well, you didn't start your two DNs. Anteloni was your middle linebacker, which they hadn't really done at training camp just yet. Um, and most of those passes were dinks and dunks. And if if anything, you shouldn't really panic on this principle. Wasn't that kind of an unfortunate calling card on the Saints defense last year? Pick a game. Green Bay, right? I mean, where the other team comes down normally scores on that opening drive or the, the rookie QB seem like, uh, you know, Steve Young, and then they shut it down, and they made adjustments, and they got better as the game went on. That's something the defense did a lot last year that they want to avoid this year. It's come up to better starts, right? Because a lot of times last year they they um, they started off slow and giving up a lot of points, and then they did make the adjustments. But, look, if that's the negative, right, which was, and look, it's great from this aspect of it because Sean Payton has something to go after him because we have been saying they're a great defense. We have been saying that the Saints offense is struggling against them. So you have Dennis Allen, who at minicamp and OTA practices were getting on his team if he didn't think they were doing a good defensive period. Well, now he has film. Now uh, Coach, uh, you know, Nolan has film. Now, uh, all the other coaches, the position coaches from Glenn, and it's like they have film, and now they can go after them. And, you know, look, whether it's the beginning of the game or the end of the game, Sean Payton sent a message. Devontae Harris, two penalties inside of the two-minute warning, he's gone. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. Mm. How much concern there should be with uh, Marcus Davenport not on the field? Not really in this aspect of it. Uh, you know, the New Orleans advocates saying that it, it's a groin pull. And with those injuries, you have to be careful. Sure, you want them on the field, but you have to be careful. The last thing you need is that to be a lingering effect all season long, and then it's really an issue. I don't also think it's an issue because you have a healthy Alex Okafor who's been playing pretty well at practice. You're seeing him get in the backfield. You're seeing him, you know, explode off the line and stuff. And, uh, if you didn't have anybody there, like if Halohi Kikaha, no offense to him, but if he was the guy who was competing with Davenport right now to be your edge pass rusher, probably more of a concern. Um, you saw Al-Kadeen Muhammad on that right defensive end. I think they could even move Hendricks, uh, Hendrickson over to the right defensive end if they had to and start uh, Cam Jordan. So I just think they have options, they have depth, and you have – a linebacker and, you know, Kikaha worst-case scenario that can go in there and do that. Plus, I think you've got some linebackers that can rush from that edge spot. So, I think they have options. you got to get them healthy. And quite honestly, as I've said this, I think already, too, um, not that I'm afraid. Not that I'm, I'm not afraid of Tampa or Cleveland, but those two games,
teams are at home. The rest of your defense should really help you out in your offense as well, being at home. And those two teams don't have the offense you do. I need him 110% healthy, mentally ready, knowing the playbook enough for week three at Atlanta because I think that's really one of the first tests for this football team. Offensively, let's start with the uh, running backs. Mark Ingram certainly looked good. I was a little surprised by the number of carries that he had. Jake was not said, well, you got him. You might as well run him. My debate was, of course, you kind of want to know what the other guys have and, of course, try to figure out a pecking order. How do you think this thing shakes up in the backfield with, of course, Ingram with the the four games out and Kamara, we know what we have, but the other uh, four backs that are on the roster right now? I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion to me. It may not be to Sean Payton, but how is Jonathan Williams not that guy? Um, I keep telling you all on Tuesday, it's the, it's the one back I keep writing down. It's always 32, and it's crazy. He had four carries, but he came out of there shining, right? He got the touchdown and got in there, followed his lead block. Um, and on that block was great to see Dan Arnold and Rick Leonard, you know, two guys that are, are trying to make this roster a draft pick in Leonard and, Dan Arnold, a converted receiver to tight end, make those key blocks that allow him to go in there. But Jonathan Williams just runs hard, you know. And Drew Brees on Sunday touched on the fact that he's becoming a better pass blocker. That's the thing that you're going to miss with Mark Ingram. Yeah, you saw his runs. You see how hard he is. You see he's a positive guy um, when he carries the football. Look, you see it at practice. You can see it. He'll have an explosive play or two, and he's 15, 12, 20 yards down the field. He, he's going to be missed. Um I've told you, though, I think you can compensate for him, and I do think that you're not replacing him, but one of the things he does very well is pass protect. And Breeze mentioned that Williams has improved on that, and he's starting to take pride in that, and that the backs are asked to do that. So um, I think it's, it's Kamara and then Williams is the first guy I'm calling off the bench right now. I really honestly do. So I, I just think he's really stood out. If Taysom Hill is on your kickoff coverage team to start the yep. game, are you really considering him as your backup quarterback? That's a great point. I mean, uh, John Forkate on my show last week was mentioning that. You know, he's like, how can he really be in a position to, to be a backup quarterback and battle for that spot if you have him on every aspect of special teams? Yeah. Um, if you're Sean Payton, you know, the theory is, your best athletes and your best players have to be on the field on every play. And if some of those players are special teams, so be it. He um, has made it a point, right, calling the returners the bachelors, the bachelorettes. He's made it a point to um, talk about and, and see at practice go bananas on blocking for a field goal and then trying to block a field goal, both teams, both sides of the ball at the same time going off on them. So he's putting a, a premium on special teams. And I think it's kind of like what I've told you in the past. I, I think he, he knows that the NFC is loaded. The division's tough. He's probably going to be in some tight games. And if he's in some tight games, field position's going to matter. Five yards can make a difference. Um, getting a field goal blocked could make a difference. Blocking an extra point or field goal could make a difference. Returning the ball outside the 20 instead of starting inside the 10 because your returner made a wrong play could be a difference. You know, dumping it in the 10, making the tackle at the, you know, the eight-yard line, starting them inside the 10 could be a difference. So I'm not surprised by that. 
that he's using that. But you're right. I mean, it, it's impossible to sit there and say he has a legit shot at number two. And the more you look at it, I think they've already made that determination, clearly, right? But I still do think that he's a guy that maybe next year they think he can battle for the second spot. I think right now he's just too green. And I think with all the moves this team has made, Marcus Davenport, you know, the trade with they're doing there, going and get these other veterans so they can help in, in the defensive side, they're going all in. It, it's Super Bowl a bust, I think, for this team. And mm. so Savage can do what you saw him do. Now, that's it. But, but that's what you want him to do, right? Lead the offense. Hopefully you don't make mistakes. He's going to miss some targets. He's not going to make plays. You just want him to not hurt you. And I think that's what you saw. Two scoring drives out of the first three. Missed some open plays. Could have made some bigger, you know, drives go. But, you know, that's what it is. But you see the upside on Taysom Hill, man. Arizona Friday night. What are the one or two storylines we need to be looking for? I think uh, you might see a little Drew Brees. He touched on Sunday on how the balancing act of trying to get his work done and then going into coaching mode and trying to get these other guys their work. Um, I still, like you just said, with the running backs, you got to try to get as much work with them as possible to see what you got. I think it's the same with the quarterbacks. I, I think Drew gets a series or two just to see what that offense sort of looks like with him and and then you give it, you get the ball over to Savage, it's not even Taysom Hill, and then you see some work in the third string, I mean the third preseason game with Drew, and then it's done. Um, I, you know, look, the start, the start on the defense. I mean, they, they got called out by Sean Payton several times this weekend, right? I mean, the, the food reference on, on how Jacksonville was just sitting down those fans and, you know, they were already up points and the defense couldn't stop anybody. He made fun of their tackling so he called that defense out to start the game. So that's my, my first storyline, honestly. I mean, how does that defense sort of start? But remember, sort of like when we started this conversation, we started out with the negative, yet despite those two drives, the overall defense still ended up with six sacks and a turnover that eventually won the game. And it's what I told you last Tuesday I wanted to see, depth versus depth. How does a team that a lot of people are picking to go to the Super Bowl their twos, their threes, their, their guys in the fourth quarter that are trying to make it to next week stack up against the Saints guys that are trying to make it to next week. And I think the Saints players won. So I'm going to continue to see that. How deep is this team? If in that second half of these preseason games, they're the better of the teams that they're playing, you can really start to see the depth. Gus, final question. Of course, uh, the fallout from Zach Streif and his debut at the Saints. What kind of feedback did you hear following the game? I think it's what everyone saw, you know, I mean, and like I've been saying, I, what did you expect? I mean, you, you didn't actually expect like Al Michaels or something, right? I mean, he's a football player trying to do a broadcast game. I think he'll get better the more he does it. My position has always been that's not a job you learn on the job, but that's what they want. Um, my issue is probably more with him uh, calling out one of the local reporters because he wrote a story about Marcus Williams blocking a reporter because he asked him about the Minnesota play, and that – I don't know if Zach's – he hung up the uniform and the helmet, man. You know, which side are you on? <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's just a crazy thing to me because I honestly a lot of times that line is so blurred in that yeah. a reporter is writing a, a praise piece on, on a guy coming back from a play like that, yet players can view it as a negative hit piece. And I just mm. – it, it's – Aaron, I'm sure it's something you deal with all the time. It's crazy. You know, when, when you write glowingly or you do a – uh, a broadcast on you know on your sportscast that's yeah. 
positive, you know, what they deem positive, yet if you talk about a play they miss, you're negative. Or if you say LSU isn't going to win, you're negative. Or the Saints are going to have a tough week this week, you're negative. I just, yeah. What is the definition of negative? And quite honestly, judging by the reaction of fans on Zach's tweet, um, I don't know what fans want us to do and how to cover the team. I guess they want us to be the media relations department. I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. crazy. That's a balancing act. Uh, Gus, we want to hear more. Where can we find you? 12 to 3 each and every weekday. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN Radio New Orleans. We're on the TuneIn app. And at the very least, follow us on Twitter, and you can go back and forth with our polls. I'm sure it will be a lively one today. We're going to address that Maryland story and really what language is acceptable, not even just with the Maryland situation, but just in general, high school, pros, whatever, playground coaches. What's acceptable, the language and treatment of athletes? How do you push and how do you offend? And what's that fine line? So we'll, we'll touch on now that. That's a, that's a balancing act right there. Yeah, right? What is, is acceptable is. now? What can be said? Appreciate yeah. the time, Gus. Have a great week, bud. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you, Aaron. Jake, you never have that problems with the uh, you know, readers of your <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was just discussing something with you before break. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I go back all the way to people calling him a chimpanzee. Um, about not being able to do his job. Did people really overreact to the preseason game like that? Like, yeah, some do, yeah. I, it's a preseason game. You clearly don't have all of your starters. Who are these people that watch that and go, oh, the sky is falling? Jacksonville did not punt until, what, 19 seconds to go in the first the half? The Saints are in trouble. Yeah. No, man, come on. you got to know what you're looking at. Yeah. you got to know what you're looking at. Missing two starting defensive ends, and of course you're still going extremely vanilla. There's a lot of other things. It's so you. many fat. If you're taking this much out of preseason football, man, you might need to take up another hobby just for another month. And if you're gambling on that game, you got a real issue. Well, hey, honestly, I was oh, listening, no. I was listening to Fox Sports Radio <laughs> the other day. I forgot who show it was. I think it was in um, late evening. Yeah. And they were talking about why preseason games are actually better to bet on because of certain trends. And the dude made a compelling argument. So <laughs> and you were jotting down notes? I, I was listening. I was like, you know what? He's making a lot of sense. <laughs> he's making a lot of sense to me right now. So I feel like he's speaking to me personally. Maybe I need to get into this. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's the Darren Moody State Farm hotline slash text line. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on First Street in Monroe. Coming up at 8.30, Executive Director from the LHSA, Eddie Bonine, joins us at 8.45. Tim Brando, your calls, your texts, up next on The Morning Drive. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Portico in Monroe is back. New owners Joey Trepe, Roy Arthur, and Lindsey Levitt invite you to come experience it for yourself this football season. They'll have eight brand new 65-inch TVs, great for college football on Saturday and then NFL action on Sunday. They'll have a new full menu including pizza, wings, and loaded nachos. Lunch specials every single day, Monday through Friday, 
plus brunch on Sunday. Come experience Portico for yourself at 2230 Tower Drive in Monroe. Nothing's uglier than oil stains and tire marks on a carport or driveway. Unless, of course, it's old broken gutters dripping gunk all over the house. Well, Bayou Overhead Door can fix both those problems. Along with installing reliable garage doors, Bayou Overhead Door specializes in beautiful floor coverings for your patio, garage, pool deck, or driveway. These durable floor coverings are installed in just a day and are four times stronger than epoxy. Easy to clean and long-lasting with a 15-year warranty. And for pool decks, they reflect heat so they stay cooler. For those worn-out gutters, Bayou installs seamless gutters, available in all colors and fabricated on-site with state-of-the-art equipment to ensure a custom fit on your home. No more ugly tire marks and oil stains. No more leaking broken gutters. A beautiful home starts with a call to Bayou Overhead Door, 322-1090, or visit their user-friendly website, BayouOverheadDoors.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Just got a few minutes here, Jake. You wanted to address another issue, and this is kind of related to uh, Zach Streif and, of course, the fine line that Gus was talking about. Are you an athlete? Now are you a media member? Uh, where does the line get blurred? Yeah. Um, As they try to make this transition from the playing field or for the court into media. And this has really affected Bruce Bowen, who used to play with the San Antonio Spurs and was with ESPN. He was one of the many media members to make that crossover to Fox Sports. And, you know, he he got this job with the Clippers where I believe he was going to be an on-air personality for them. And back in June, he had these comments to say about Kawhi Leonard. I'll read them for you. I think there's nothing but excuses going on. First, it was, well, I was misdiagnosed. Look here, you got $18 million this year, and you think that they're trying to rush you? You didn't play for the most part a full season this year, and you're the go-to guy. You're the franchise. And you want to say that they didn't have your best interest at heart? Are you kidding me? I think he's getting bad advice. I think that you're starting to see now – I think what you're starting to see now is an individual getting a certain amount of advice, and it's not the right advice. Here it is. You were protected in San Antonio. You were able to come up during a time where you still could learn, still could lean on Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and manage it openly. That was a solid argument. I agree, with, said I agree with everything he said. Yeah. Well, he was a little too critical, apparently. Because what the difference Clippers, does it matter? The, what difference does it matter? The Clippers – who have significant input into who's hired uh, for the television broadcast, they stepped in and said, we don't want Bruce Bowen because he was critical of Kawhi Leonard, who we want in, as a 2019 free agent. Horrible. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, horrible. Backing down. I didn't even think it was that. Like, it was – he spoke the truth. And if Leonard is that uh, hurt or offended by what Bowen said, then you don't want him in here. No. What a softy. Yeah. And I and I guess you could the Clipper executives guess, are the biggest softies. Then again, I guess you could be soft and still be great because Kevin Durant's pretty soft when it comes to being sensitive. And what do they want Bowen to do with that job? I don't know. Like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. And honestly, he was on a radio show. They asked him about the situation. He's a former Spur. Of course, I'd want to hear what he had to think had to say about that. And it and nothing he said was like 
oh wow, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. It's like something oh, yeah. none of us have thought of. Yeah, We're talking about right. Leonard, and of course last year and the dynamics and of course the drama that took place with the Spurs. It's something we all think. It's yeah. something we've all thought. Like it's overreaction crazy. by the Clippers. Huge overreaction. But anyway, that fits in well with what Gus was saying. I want to plug our Twitter real fast. Uh, at Morning Drive 977. We got we just got a couple more followers. Um, we're going to do a better job of promotion. We're going to we're going to hit up the social media. You're laughing over there. Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. What have I been telling you for months? I'm saying I'm on board with this. We're going to do a better job of promoting our stuff. All right. We're going to have some some audio from from the show All for right. people who missed it. I know people can't listen to the whole show. All right. Um we're going to do a better job of that. We're also um looking to start a Facebook page for this show. So We'll we'll give out the details to that. Hopefully you can follow. Be an easier way to keep up with. Jake us. came in this morning all dressed up and ready for a photo shoot. <laughs> you did too, by the way, <laughs> with your Under Armour visor. Um, we also got a, a tweet here uh, directed towards us, Aaron. Uh-oh. I don't know why this came. This was nine minutes ago. You guys do know Brooks won right. I love Tiger and his game, but come on, others had a good tournament too. Yeah. I agree. But honestly, Brooks or, didn't move the dial at all. Brooks <laughs> does not move the dial. Talking about Brooks, yeah. we keep equating it to the to the UFC. Talking about Brooks is like me talking about Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson. Mm. Who? Yeah. What? It was a great fight, I'm telling you. It was one of the greatest upsets ever. Who? Why? I would rather see, though, in this match play, Tiger versus Phil. I would rather see Tiger versus Brooks Kepka now. Throw him in the mix. Ten million dollars take off. So bump it up to no. fifteen million. Throw Phil. Give him a say. All right, you can be a part of this. No, 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 no. You want one of these young guns? Why not invite him into this? Thing? I want the I want casual guy bombing fan, at three hundred forty yards. The down casual the fan wants to see Lefty and Tiger. I want to see the two biggest names. I don't want to see Lefty, who's not you know what he used to be, chasing down putts before they've stopped. Listen, <laughs> you gotta let that go. <laughs> That was months ago. You gotta let that go. Um, that's the last image I have of Phil Mickelson. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, no, but honestly, those are the two biggest names. You you want that to be on the marquee. Yeah. Hey, come watch Tiger, Phil, and oh, Brooks. Guy that won two majors this year. Yeah, but he's still not a star yet. See if Tiger tries to steal his girlfriend. <laughs> There's all no, that storyline. that I'm into. Yes, yes. That's like Big Brother style right there. <laughs> Richie says, the fact that the Clippers think they have a shot at Leonard is pretty funny in itself. He's going to L.A., but he won't be in red, white, and blue. I think the Clippers are holding out hope just because Leonard, it it seems as though Leonard wants to go to L.A. Yes, Lakers is his first choice, but just in case that deal is not made done, Clippers seem to be uh, a solid number two. I mean, it's still in L.A., right, even though it's the Clippers. Uh, a couple of texts here, just uh, people that went to games and they wish they would not have forked down good hard cash for one here. Tech, when they were ranked 19th in the nation, then lost to Utah State in overtime. A lot of others say they should not have went to a Louisiana Tech-Mississippi State game last year. It wasn't the fact that they lost. It was how they lost and, of course, getting blown out there at home. Continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762 on the text line. Coming up next, we hope to have. LHSA Executive Director Eddie Bonine on Morning Drive. The moment you've all been waiting for.
This week is McKinney Honda's fall open house, and the Honda Pioneer is what every hunter wants. Here's Richie McKinney. McKinney's has a full stock of Honda Pioneers at the lowest prices of the year. Choose from the 500, 700, and 1,000 Pioneer and save up to $1,200, all with Honda's unique beltless transmission and available with Honda's exclusive quick flip seating feature so you can carry more passengers whenever you need. Also, you can lay away at open house prices and pick up September 7th, 8th, or 9th and save big on taxes. Register all week long for the Honda 250 Recon and join us Saturday for the drawing along with free food and entertainment. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection, always wear your seatbelt and keep the side nets and doors closed. Honda side-by-sides are for drivers 16 years and older. MSRP excludes destination charge. Visit powersports.honda.com to view destination charge amount. Don't miss your chance to save big on the goods for the woods this week at the Fall Open House. Only at McKinney Honda, your outdoor superstore in Ruston. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in West Monroe. Thanks for listening to The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Been looking forward to this interview for quite some time now. Join us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Eddie Bonin, the Executive Director of the LHSA. How are you doing this morning, Kamish? Good morning. Everybody's good up there. Everybody's good down here. We are fantastic. We are certainly looking forward to the high school football season. What's this time of the year like for you? Well, it's, uh, it, it's I guess, all year long we're, we're keeping hopping, and we try to stay one season ahead of exactly what we have we have to prepare for, but at this particular time of the year, um, it is about ensuring that all of the athletes that are, are participating in the fall sports are registered on our on our online system that they have 
uh, taken their physicals and they've academically eligible and all the minimum standards required to participate. Uh, and um, we have a lot of football players. Uh, but like I said before, you know, we have 93,000 participants, actually more now. They're not all football players. So, but football is, is uh, uh, the highest participating sport. And, and it's just about making sure all the paperwork's in order and, and uh, the athletes are cleared and ready to, ready to go and they've met the standards necessary to participate. Well, Mr. Bonine, let's start there. Of course, over the last uh, two years, there's been a couple controversial rulings. Obviously, McKinney, the situation with the $41,000 fine, the two-year postseason ban, and then Southern Lab last year. Is this just a case showing that you guys are more aggressive investigating, or the violations, are they getting worse through the years? Well, first of all, I didn't know they were controversial, so that's new to me. The, the, point, the point is that the bottom line is that when I took this role uh, three and a half years ago, I was uh, I said before, it's, a, it's a, the book, the rules that we have are, are given to me by the principals to enforce. Uh, not being aggressive, uh, I have a, a really good group of 10-plus compliance officers that, that, that have been checking schools already and will continue to do so. In fact, they're in the building today uh, as we begin the new year. Uh, uh, I meet with them at the beginning of the year uh, to recap what we did a year ago and then, and then job alike, share information. It's a good group of, of, of at presently a good group of retired administrators. Um, but no, it's, it's uh, it, when we get reports, guys, that there's the school out of compliance. Um, I'm not a police officer. I don't need probable cause. Uh, I can work on reasonable suspicion. And if individuals tell us that there, there's something going on at a school, uh, we take those reports. I communicate with the principals, uh, communicate with their athletic directors, uh, and we investigate. And, and as we investigate, if we find violations, we, um, we do what we need to do. But I, I will say, you mentioned McKinley. Uh, everything that you saw there, uh, in keeping in compliance, those fines that we, that we assessed are by the book. Uh, any suspensions that we did are by the book. Uh, and um, uh, we went the minimum uh, where it maybe have uh, said I could fine up to a certain dollar amount. I didn't do that. I went the minimum with everything. But we have schools that we feel that were out of compliance. Uh, I didn't go looking for McKinley High School, nor did I go looking for Southern Lab. Uh, those reports came to us, and when they come to us, guys, I want you to know, your listeners to know, we're going to investigate. Uh, right down to when people move and submit their uh, eligibility ruling requests, which last year we set a record. We had well close to 2,000 of those last year um, of uh, ruling requests. So we're going to do our diligence. Uh, we do it fairly, uh, and we're going to apply the rules uh, consistently uh, and swiftly if necessary whenever we uh, we make, a, uh, make any kind of ruling or make any kind of uh, – administrative action taken upon one of our member schools. But uh, I want you and your listeners to know we're going to enforce the rules. That's what they're there for. Uh, and uh, I will continue to do so until we either change some of those or uh, until I'm told differently. Congratulations on the contract extension. Uh, really a vote of confidence for you. What did that mean for you to see? I think it was a vote of 24 to 1 that they wanted you to be back and, of course, uh, be more part of this LHSA. Guys, it's it's uh, it's it's been a good a, a good stay here. Uh, you know, there's been some bumps. I get that part, but you know, uh, it's 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 been positive. I enjoy working in Louisiana. I have enjoyed working with the LHSAA. You and I both know uh, that you can't always agree with everybody, uh, but whenever you are in an enforcement role, uh, you're not going to be you're not going to be liked by 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 some, and, and others are in favor of what you're doing. Um, I've worked diligently uh, in many different directions with uh, our executive committee, which are compiled of, of principals ac across our state. And, yes, sir, I was excited for the extension. 
Uh, I'm in the fourth year, my first four year, and I have two more years uh, uh, extension, and, and I'm looking forward to work as long as uh, the executive committee will have me and the principals will have me. I enjoy what I do. Uh, I'm in this business for, for the student-athletes and kids. I always have been as an educator and will continue to do so, and I truly believe that, that that's what our focus is and will continue to be is uh, what's best for the student-athletes across our state, whether you're in, in beautiful northern Louisiana or you're in southwest, uh, down to New Orleans, wherever. Uh, they're all the same to me, and they're going to get the same treatment from me uh, no matter where you are in our state. Tough question. Of course, published reports out there that you had uh, explored other opportunities. Now I guess you feel like you're set in the state of Louisiana with this contract extension? Uh, I think any. I think the, the executive committee was, was, was good in that regard. There was a couple of people that got upset about it, but the bottom line is that in this career, um, you, you, look at, you look at options. Uh, I did not go looking for those. I, individuals reached out to me for those roles. Um, our, my uh, executive officers were aware of that, as well as the legal counsel for the LHSAA. Uh, but, hey, I, I, I enjoy being here um, and enjoy, I think, in, in the period of time I've been here, again, uh, I, I've learned what you, what you can do here in Louisiana, the, the, the influence we have, meaning the state of Louisiana has on the nation, believe it or not, um, and we, we're going in the right direction. I have no qualms at all the direction the LHSA is going. It's a proud organization, and, guys, we are two years away from the 100th anniversary of the LHSAA. In 2020, we'll be celebrating the, the, the 100th year of this, of this proud organization, and I, just, and, and I will be at the helm, and I'm proud of that and will continue to do what I can with that uh, as the executive director. And I look for additional extensions. I, I really believe that we're going in the right direction, and we'll, and we'll request so. Unless something drastic changes, uh, I'm very pleased here. Um, I, I, uh, two-thirds of my staff is either retired or we've made changes. Uh, I have five original people that are here. I have another one that's going to be retiring here at the end of the year. So we've made some changes, and we're just turning this ship, man. I mean, we're, we're, we're going the right direction, and I'm really pleased with what we're doing. I'm proud of the accomplishments that we've made, and I truly believe that we're doing what's best for, uh, continue to do what's best for the student-athletes across our state. You said you're headed in the right direction, so this is kind of a vague question, but is there a particular area or way of operation that you hope to improve with the LHSA? Well, let's go back to when I first got here. You know, the split was an issue. That's not an issue for Eddie as I sit here today as your executive director. It, it, it's here, and we are going to do the best we can to ensure that, uh, that we have successful and safe uh, postseason participation for our athletes. Now, the athletes, some of the athletes we have now that are participating for the state championships, if you think about it and do the math, we're, we're either late elementary or middle schools when this happened. They have no idea of why we are where we are and what we're doing right now in regards to our present select-non-select -select, select, format. I believe that we need to do something in regards to the format itself, meaning the, how many schools qualify uh, for the playoffs. Um, I, I, know, I, I know, Aaron, you and I have had conversation before about how can a school have no wins or one win in a specific mm -hmm. sports and qualify. I think we really need to take a look at that because – uh, we're one of, of the only state in the United States, to my knowledge, that has a form that you can fill out and submit to the office if you don't want to participate in postseason, in this case coming up specifically football. So I think we need to take a closer look at that. There's some proposals that I understand that are, that are in the works for that, uh, but I think that all that taken into place, uh, we can clean some of that parts up and uh, make it not only more competitive, 
but also uh, financially for the schools who have to travel, uh, it hopefully helps them as well. So I think that that's kind of the direction that I think we're going in that in a positive role. But we've also implemented a student athletic advisory committee, which will give us the opportunity through social media and through a committee chair made up of students to communicate with us on what they think and what they, they, they like to see and, um, and what they think of maybe what we're doing and what we're not doing. So I think all of that's going to really make for a positive 2018-2019. Mr. Bonina, I know it's been a little frustrating for you because you certainly want to get the information out there, and there have been some uh, solid proposals to tweak the current system, but because of Mother Nature and other issues for you going across the state, you were kind of hindered last year. How important is it to get the right information out there and for the principals to know the, the proposals thoroughly and for them to know what they're voting on? Well, I think it's a great, a great question. Um, and, and last year, yes, because of weather, we, we, did, the, uh, we did the online or the, uh, the, the video portion of that web-based uh, area meetings. And you know what? We would have never had a chance to do that uh, with, without the weather, so it gave us an opportunity to know we had that option now. That's not, op- that's not optimum, um, and, and it's streamlined. It. I want to go eyeball to eyeball. I enjoy traveling around the state. I hit the six cities in three days. Uh, but with social media... And the abilities to get a message out now, uh, and and one of the high, new hires we have, I think you you've met, is Miss Tierra Gibson, our new communication uh, director, and and she has really taken us to another level in regards to digital platforms for communication. So there shouldn't be any excuses at all from this office on we weren't able to get the message out, nor on the receiving end of we didn't get the message because we can do it Facebook, we can do it by Snapchat, we can do it by Twitter, we can do it by old-fashioned email. Can you believe that? We're saying email is old-fashioned, old-fashioned email, uh, and then travel around eyeball to eyeball. And, and I'm going to bring, when I do travel to the area meetings, I'm going to bring staff with me. I know historically it's been the executive director, and I think you have attended those area meetings. I bring staff with me. Uh, I've got a good staff put together, uh, and uh, uh, I think at this point all of those things will assist us in making sure we're getting the message out and what we need to talk about with those roles uh, and, and the proposals and making sure that, like you said, that we educate them on what that is and what it really means, and then when we have the opportunity to do so, then when we actually get to the January convention, as you know, when they push the buttons, they know exactly what they're voting for and what the ramifications, positive or potentially negatively, could be upon that vote. Final question, Mr. Bonine. There were real concerns about the private schools, of course, leaving and forming their new uh, an, an association on their own. Do you believe that storm has now passed? Well, I don't know if it's passed, but I, until I see something in writing from somebody to come across my desk and then we can talk about it, uh, there's a lot of conversation about a lot of things. Because you'd be honest with you, I've heard more about I've heard more about this organization being put back together, select, non-select being dissolved, than I've heard about those select schools breaking away. So until I see something in that regard, not a topic that I want to have. Uh, and uh, when we have it, believe me, you know how I work, man. I'll stand up. We'll have a conversation about it, whether it be uh, like we're doing right now, or, or if we have it at the executive committee mem- uh, meeting. But right now we are, are going to do what we can to ensure that the formats that we have in place, uh, the things that we're doing, uh, is going to be first class, safe, and that it's going to be competitive for everybody involved. And, uh, and the kids walk away with a, with a, life, uh, a life experience that they'll remember uh, for a lifetime. Eddie Bonine, we certainly appreciate the time. North Louisiana listeners certainly enjoyed hearing from you. Appreciate it. We'll see you down in the Dome in December.
Guys, anytime you need anything, you know how to get a hold of myself or Terry, and we'll always try to make time for you. We appreciate you and appreciate what you do for high school athletics in northern Louisiana. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Eddie Bowman, right. Executive Director of the LHSA. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Tim Brando from Fox Sports will join us. He's making his way over to Monroe for the pursuit tonight. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Fall is coming, so you should be coming to Fairway Carts in Minden. Why? Well, Fairway Carts is the official headquarters for fall fun. That's because Fairway Carts has the easy go to make great fall weather even more enjoyable. From a multi-passenger cart for spending quality time with the family cruising the neighborhood to a new easy go for getting around at tailgate parties or just getting off the beaten path, Fairway has a huge inventory of easy goes with the new 2019 models coming in and amazing deals on remaining 2018s. And hunters, listen closely. The all-new, all-electric EasyGo Express 4x4 is coming to Fairway Carts. It's the ultra-quiet, ultra-durable hunting vehicle you've waited years for. Fall is nice. Make it even better with a new EasyGo. Come to Fairway Carts in Minden today and try one on for size. Come by the showroom on Highway 531 in Minden, just north of I-20, or call 800-960-CART. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Plenty of sunshine with hot and humid conditions today in a high of 93 degrees. Most of clear skies, mild temperatures on tonight are low 72. Mostly sunny skies on tap for tomorrow with a high of 94 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. What a great way to end this show with uh, Fox Sports. Tim Brando joining us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Of course, he's making his way over to Monroe for the big pursuit out at ULM. Tim, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great, fellas. It's great to be with you, Aaron, without a doubt. And I'm really looking forward to uh, being in there tonight and going to the new um, to the new facility, which I've heard nothing but great things about. You get an opportunity to do a lot of events like this one, but I know this one hits close to home considering the relationship that you had with Northeast slash ULM through the years. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I, a lot of it um, that, you know, has been rekindled uh, in the last few years uh, mm-hmm. with our alumni event that we have uh, to raise money and scholarships for uh, students here in the, the Shreveport area. And I can tell you that um, a lot of that's just based on leadership uh, from President Bruno on down. And um, I, I've seen a renewed interest in, in what's going on at ULM, uh, even in, in our part of the, of the state, in northwest Louisiana, which at one time, as you know, <clears throat> brought a lot of students over there. And I think that uh, you're going to see more of that uh, in the future with uh, the leadership that's taking place. And even with all the issues that we have now uh, with, um, with the state uh, institutions outside of, of the big one down in Baton Rouge, um, and the economics of our of our state. One of the things that I've noticed is, and it's uh, you got you really got to reach out and um, and and really pay homage to to Nick Bruno because um, he understands, you know how 
academics uh, work in our in our state and, and state funding. He's gone down and really battled hard. And um, you know the the numbers in terms of how we do with regard to enrollment, I think, are in large measure about uh, the strength within the um, curriculum. And uh, those strengths that were there 30 years ago are still there. And I think it was just a matter of making sure that people knew that. And, uh, and having a good athletic department and understanding that success in athletics can help uh, the academic side is something that this president of this university really understands. I'm not sure that that's true at a lot of institutions of higher learning these days. So we're very fortunate to have him, and, and I think that Matt Viedor is going to do a really a good job, and I think this season could be a breakthrough year in a lot of ways. I, um, I noticed that my friend uh, uh, Phil Steele has, has this team earmarked as potentially one of his most improved teams this year, and with, uh, let's see, what is it, 18 returning starters back? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a very good chance that this team could could have, I think, with a ma- more manageable schedule, uh, a really good season, maybe contend to win the, the Sun Belt. Tim, we've talked about, of course, you breaking in the business back in the day at a, you know Bill Ripple Stadium and with the Neville Tigers, but a lot of people don't recall. Of course, you did a lot of work for <laughs> ULM in 85 and 86 before moving on to ESPN. Uh, what were those memories like for you back in the day? Well, you know, I, part of the reason I think I wound up at uh, – uh, at ULM Northeast at the time was because, first and foremost, not a lot of people realize this, but it was the only state school at that time that had a radio station. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, and, I, of course, I needed a radio station to work at, right? Well, I was even as a freshman, I, I needed that. Uh, the other reason was they had a speech and debate festival uh, that um, Dr. Parkinson, James W. Parkinson, had uh, that included not just speech, debate, oratory, and all that, but also television announcing. And uh, I was on our speech and debate team at Fair Park High School, and, and as well as playing ball. I played basketball and baseball. But I gave up football uh, in the eighth grade because I got hurt, and uh, my, my, uh, my alto voice was about to turn into a Sopranos from the injury. So <laughs> I started calling high school football games with my father, who was a pioneer, a television pioneer, and in Shreveport, Bossier, but he had um, gotten in on ownership of the old Admiral Benbow Hotel and was actually back in Monroe uh, managing that hotel and had part ownership in it. And uh, an old friend of his, an old radio friend of his, came to him and said, hey, we need a guy to call the Neville football games. And uh, this guy had no idea that, that my father was going to pull this on him. He said, uh, well, you you want me to do them? And he said, sure, that Hub, we'd love to have you. Hub Brando was my father's name. And he said, um, well, good, I, I'll be happy to do them. He said, but you got to let me bring my um, my second banana. you got to let me choose my my color analyst, not knowing that he was going to bring his uh, 14-year-old son from the ninth grade, <laughs> you know, in on Fridays. And I used to get on a Continental Trailways bus. My, uh, we actually talked to my principal. At, uh, at Fair Park at the time, Clem Henderson, who my dad knew, and said, listen, is it okay if Tim gets out of school at noon? He'll do his makeup work on Fridays uh, whenever during the football season because he's got a chance to work with me. And the way we did it was I was the color analyst for the first half, and then we flip-flopped, and I would do play-by-play in the second on old KLIC radio in Monroe. And um, I would go to the Continental Trailways bus station in Shreveport at a little afternoon 
take the bus into Monroe. My dad would pick me up, and we, he would either take me to Bastrop or take me to wherever the game was um, from Monroe. Or, of course, we'd do the game at Tiger Stadium at Neville. And the relationship I've, the relationships I forged at that time, you know, that team went on to the, I believe it was the semifinals uh, and lost to Brother Martin that year, uh, the 71-72 season. And then, of course, went on to win the state title beating airline after that. Um, those relationships in that speech festival garnered me uh, some awards and some scholarship revenue to come to Northeast. So that that's really how I got there. Uh, and I've got so many friends, whether it was Wally McMakin, who's now down at LSU and was a great baseball player there, Dennis Surratt, Brad Wimberly, um, so many guys, Britt Reisinger, that were all part of that team for Charlie Brown. I met um, the great Chick Childress, Charlie Brown, Bill Rupel, the uh, athletic director for so many years there uh, in, at Neville. And, and one year, actually, my high school, I was at Fair Park, my high school actually played that, that particular year they opened, Neville did with Captain Shreve in, in Shreveport, and they also played Fair Park. And I'll never forget, I got in some trouble with some of the fans of the moms of kids I went to school with because I was pretty critical of uh, of the way Fair Park played that night on the Monroe radio station. <laughs> my first my first uh, brush with uh, pushback that could come when you're objectively calling a game, and it includes um, your own high school against the, the team you're working for, which in my case was Neville that year. <laughs> so then you get an opportunity to call some games at uh, Northeast, and ultimately uh, ESPN comes calling. I guess did you ever think or in wildest dreams think college game day would develop into what it is today? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, 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 sort of, I sort of did as I was leaving. I don't think I did while I was there. I tell this to people all the time. I was in such a hurry, and this is one of my great recommendations to young broadcasters now. Um, I was telling Adam Hunsecker, who, who did a Q&A with me the other day in the, for, the, uh, for the News Star, it was such a blur back then, and I think I so wanted to be a game caller that I didn't appreciate you know, really what was going on in the journey because I was always looking to what's next. Uh, when I got to, I started freelancing for ESPN in 1985 and 86. I was working at Baton Rouge at the CBS affiliate at that time. And uh, it was around then I started coming in to do some uh, NCAA play-in games and that kind of thing, uh, championship games in the old Southland Conference for uh, Mike Bynings clubs and uh, in basketball, some very memorable games in the 80s and also in the early 90s. But, but, uh, the 85 and 86 years, I actually did the Division One AA National Championship games, the ones won by Georgia Southern. And in 87, we started College Game Day, and Steve Bornstein, who was the head of ESPN at that time, said, Tim, this is going to be really big. You're going to be my guy. And and I was excited about doing it. Auditioned Lee Corso, auditioned Bino Cook, and we were the three that started the show. But in 1987, you know, uh, that incredible run uh, – engineered by uh, so many great players, including, obviously, uh, Coach Collins, who, you know, I think is, you know, his place in, in, in ULM lore is forever etched in everyone's gray matter. Uh, and Stan Humphreys did such a great job as quarterback. I didn't get to call that game after doing two in a row up in Pocatello, Idaho, because we had game day going on. It was such a big deal that I had to be hosting and doing all the halftimes. And I was a little bummed that I didn't get to call that game. 
But, uh, but to answer your question, as I was uh, leaving Connecticut and, uh, and moving back home to call games with ESPN and do games with Vince Dooley in 89, I still didn't I think that, that game day would become what it is today. And, and I really credit Chris Fowler for taking that position and owning it and, and really turning it into um, the job and, and a destination uh, opportunity. It was a big break for me, yeah. But I just I, I thought of it more as a stepping stone than I did as a destination. But it all worked out in the end. Uh, without game day, I don't think I would have um, – uh, gone to CBS, and I don't think that uh, through CBS I would have ever gotten to Fox. So all, things always happen for a reason. I wanted to live at home, too. I, I, I couldn't handle, nor could my wife handle the snows, the winter months in Connecticut. So it all worked out in the end. I, I got to be uh, close to home, and, and, and I got to do what I love for a living. And that's, in a, in a nutshell, that's happiness. Uh, just a couple minutes here uh, left with Tim Brando. A sold-out crowd tonight expected for, of course, the pursuit out at ULM. Fans are excited to hear from you, Timmy B., and, of course, uh, Matt Viator. Kind of what's your message to ULM fans going into this year just about the importance of this athletic program and the university as a whole to this community? Buy in. I think it's time to buy in. I, I, I think I speak for uh, a lot of uh, people in my generation uh, that resisted the, the change in the name, that resisted the change in uh, the mascots, that resisted the change in, uh, in, 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 in the color schemes, you know, you name it. It's time to buy in, uh, and especially because of the leadership, I think. Uh, and, and some of the decisions that have been made probably through the last 20 or 25 years, it was easy to be maybe – uh, disgruntled about. But now I think that the people that are there are really doing a heck of a job, uh, have the best interest of the school, both athletically and academically, in mind, and it's time for everyone to buy in. This is a program, I think, under Matt Viedler that is on the uptick. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to do in today's environment at, at a group of five level because uh, it's tougher now, the economics of intercollegiate athletics being what it is. This is a manageable schedule with a really good team and a solid coaching staff. Uh, and I think across the board, whether it's just not just football, but basketball as well, Keith Richard's team this year could, uh, could, could win the league and could go back to the NCAA tournament. I think they are that good. And I'm really pleased for what he's done. I mean, it's just been nothing short of miraculous, uh, given the program's position when he got there. So those two words, I think, are the, the key words for the fan base. Uh, at ULM, and even if you didn't go to ULM, but you live and you work in Monroe, that's your team. That that's something that should be a rallying point for all citizens uh, in in the in the Arklandness. That 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 is your club. Go out and support them and buy in because they can bring a lot of joy to uh, fall Saturdays and through the winter time. I think uh, the basketball program is really going to flourish as well. Tim Brando, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll see you out at the pursuit tonight at ULM. Thank you. Should be fun. Look forward to seeing you guys. Sounds good. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. We are out of time. We are out of time. You're out tomorrow. I'm out tomorrow. i got to go to New Orleans. We will have a big show. I don't know if we can top uh, Eddie Bonine and Tim Brando, but we will try. Great show today. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to The Morning Drive. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. 
To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.